0: Welcome to Snakerikinosk. and this is recording, this is me, Mac, and I am with Joyce today talking about, talking about pain, pain, good pain.
1: (laughs) Hi everyone, I'm Joyce, I'm glad to be here with Sabrina, it's been a while, we're doing this for the first time, and I hope you guys enjoy, yeah, pain and pleasure. Uh, Yeah, so uh, what I'm really going to talk about today, we're going to talk a lot about a lot of things, but then I want to start first by talking about the issue of um, sexual awakening. Uh, Sabrina, uh, when was the first time you felt um, powerful about your sexual preferences and and orientation? Did you feel pressured in any way to act differently? Uh, No, I
0: so that's the thing with uh, my uh, sexual uh, life i've never felt pressure um i took my time i saw all my friends go into uh you know their first time before mm-hmm. me uh mm-hmm. so it was nice to see them experience different things but then mm-hmm. for my part uh i think i just Uh, a the first time I had sex I did when I was ready and I wanted to do so many things before that so it was not my priority right and then I mean the first time you have sex uh, yeah it's it's different from the first time you feel sexually aroused right and it's also different from the time when uh, you are um, like uh, having a, a, a sex experience that is (laughs) (laughs) Revealing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, I kind of agree with you uh i think sexual sexual awakening is different from uh, for everyone in different cultures and that brings me to the issue of sexuality what it means for everyone but generally sexuality is basically about your sexual feelings thought and attraction and behavior that you have towards other people finding other people or one person that's basically what sexuality is about but then there are different factors that influences uh our sexual orientation our our sexuality so sexual orientation and sexual awakening is just an aspect of sexuality so but then this is a very personal and important part of us our sexual identity and much uh, it's part of our whole identity as a human being and so but then in terms of sexual sexual identity, there are a lot of factors that contribute to it. We have um, there are a lot uh, uh, we have the issue of um, religion and um, the issue of tradition in terms of cultural influences. What is the norm? What, what When are you supposed to have sex? Are you supposed to talk about sex openly and boldly on the radio show, Joyce? <laughs> well, from where I come from, it's a very conservative culture. And uh, for you to talk about sex openly and everything, people look at you the other way that she's new, she's promiscuous. So If you're not a sex therapist or a professional, you have no business discussing sex openly like this. And that is because of the, 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 the part of the world I come from. And it's also very interesting that I came to Europe. I also find these similarities in a way. I came to Europe and I have this impression that people are very liberal. I'm talking about Norway in particular. People are very liberal. With um, uh, they come a liberal, the most gender equal society and everything. But I get to see that when it comes to discussing sex, even within your friends and in public, people are shy, and there's this culture of shame and stigma. And we're going to talk about something else today about the pain and pleasure. In other words, BDSM. So why can I do this in my closet? And then my, I'm afraid to say this in public or within my friends so they don't judge or label me because then in appearance, I look gentle. I'm like this very respected person in society. So what if I like something else than just the missionary style or the dog is like, what if I want more? So these are aspects of um, sexual sexuality and sexual identity we are going to discuss about. What if it's, I, I, I enjoy, I get uh, um, I, I, I get pleasure or being inflicted in pain during sex. So sexuality basically has four aspects. Biological gender, gender identity, gender role, and sexual orientation. So we are only going to focus on the sexual orientation. Sabrina, that brings me to the book I read recently, The Story of Hope." Have you read yeah. that before? No, I have not read it. I've only seen the review. I know it's a bit dated, right? Oh my God. It's, it's like BDSM to the extreme. Like this is... 1954 you um uh, uh french and you're a french person right so yeah oh like oh my god in <laughs> 1954 <laughs> you you know french is supposed to be like the model of um sexual uh sexual freedom and sexual awakening and all the fashion the french kiss and everything but once upon a time it was a taboo to be able to talk about this or write about this and so this writer pauline ray Reage, reage. I have to like get the French pronunciation of the name. So Pauline wrote this book, Story of O, which is a pseudonym for our uh, own real name, Anne Desclos. And so she, the, the Story of O is, is basically a French erotic novel about um, BDSM. So a lot of, I, I read through the book, even me as being open-minded sexually, when I saw, when I read part of the book, to me it was too extreme and graphic. And but then these are what people go through. And, and the, the whole cruise of the story is that this woman, she's in a culture where people are not, women are not going expected to even write or talk about sex. But she likes, she decides to write about it. Um, in, in, uh, in, as a pseudonym, use another name. But then it's about Buddhism. The, the storyline is that our boyfriend introduces introduces her into this um, Chateau uh, or, or secret society where bdism is being practiced. And he passed uh, his girlfriend. Um, that's uh, oh, he passed his girlfriend to his brother Stevie. And part of um, the ritual is that, um, you know, I, I don't know. I really got a little bit super sensitive, or I don't know. I stopped halfway for it because it's a graphic movie. But the review is that the book is highly graphical and problematic because it, it pushed the limits of heretic literature. And it just brings to the fore that um, when it comes to sexuality or sexual relations uh, or sexual orientation, is a very complex thing, and it's a mixture between porn, sexuality, power, and all sorts of things. But the summary of the of the of the story of all experience about BDSM it, it, it brings out uh, the issue of desire, of power dynamics in sexual relationship. It brought out the issue of kinky bondage, discipline, and romantic love, and all all, all uh, world of view. But uh, in 1954, for a woman to present herself to have a uh, vaginal, aura sex, anal sex, basically to be a sex slave. Uh, one, of the, one of the highlights for me is she even submitted herself to be branded literally by a master. So i was like, how far can these people really go and everything? But then I was going through the physiological and the psychological reason why people go through this. Why mm-hmm. do I want kinky? Why do I enjoy pain? That's the crux of the old book, because at the point, like, why, why, why would she submit herself to this? Why would these women, you know, go to this secret club and they, they just submit themselves to all kinds of slavery and physical and um, physical torture? And to them, it's OK. And they consented to it. So that brings me to the issue of pain and pleasure. And tell me, what did you find?
0: Uh, uh, first of all, I just wanted to get back uh, on the book. I mean, you have to understand it's like post Second World War, where uh, there was a growth also in the economy, and um, and people were getting slight slowly more free. It was very taboo what she's talking about, mm-hmm. but it was also we have to think it's a kink that not everybody has, but it's a kink that some people have, and I think she just she just exposed um, that. And at the time, of course, it was very oh my god <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's like defy defy that's the height of defiance sexual defiance written you know the thing is this a little letters she wrote down letters about our, our experiences basically like wow like wow yeah so that wow wow i still feel that wow wow in this <laughs> in, in this um uh present day uh, my experiences with men in africa and here so just tell me, I'm listening. Uh,
0: and 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 yeah, and what you're saying, this wow is linked to the to the sexual the second sexual awakening when mm-hmm. you know one day you have sex with somebody and it's it's beyond everything you could have imagined for her for this girl this character. Her, her awakening was maybe through the BDSM, but like for other people, it'll be something different. It'll be just amazing mind-blowing sex, and, and then you'll be like, this is how I want to do this every day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 that is so true. That was where she got her sexual awakening. Thank you for bringing that out. So, a uh, boyfriend just introduced us into this club and she just bought herself. She got really into it and submitted herself to all that. I think that brings me to myself. I don't know. I, like I said, I come from a very conservative culture, and all I know is in my head, oh, my God, you have to be a Jesus girl, do the missionary size. When you have to, once to you have your first sex, you make sure the lights and everything is off. Everywhere is dark so you don't see each other. So, <laughs> and then also, you're not supposed to have sex until you're married, legally married or it's customary marriage and everything. But then I was going through some research and I saw that modern day Nigeria, um, girls as uh, young as 16 are already having uh, sex and boys 17. And I would say that that paper sh- is not very recent because girls as young as eight are already sexually active, and it's very common to see girls before uh, early puberty already getting pregnant and everything. So that's because I did my uh, composite um, national service in a community in Nigeria. And so there's this 14-year-old boy in my class. It looks very fragile and skinny. He looked like a seven-year-old. And then his classmates are always teasing him. They call him Papa David, like uh, father of David. And I'm like, why are they teasing him? Like, stop saying that. That's very derogatory. Like, no, that that is actually uh, somebody's father. I said, I don't understand. So I asked him, David, he could hardly speak, very shy. And said, David, is it true? He said, yes, auntie, that he has a two-year-old son. Oh, my God. yes. So this is a fourteen-year-old boy that I look. That is fragile. That bullying him. It doesn't look like. Sorry, excuse me. His PP would have even gotten mature in my head because he looks very malnourished. But then he's a father, hmm. and I was really shocked. This was like in 2014. That was like way back. So in terms of sexual awakening, is different. Like I said, but. It, 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 you you can hold people down. People will always find ways to explore. Like you know, you're trying out something as uh, experimentally with your partner, and you see this. Oh my god, I think I like this. This is a I, like. <laughs> I think I've, I've done that. I've seen. I've experienced that with a couple of people here in Europe. Like I would say, oh my god, I don't think I would ever do this. God forbid. But then like, okay, let me just see. I'm like, oh my god, can we do that again? You know. Mm. <laughs> That happens. That happens. Um, yeah. And so, uh,
0: pain, pain, and, and sex, and a little bit of psychology. Because let's get back on, on your BDSM. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what I've been reading about is just um, like uh, the average research. I'm bringing you. Uh, I'm not uh, knee deep like you in psychology, uh, Joyce. <laughs> But um, I just uh, read some things about that pain and pleasure were activating the same uh, neural mechanism in our brain, that they are both uh, tied to uh, the interacting dopamine and opioid system in the brain, which regulates our neurotransmitter who are involved with the reward motivations driven behavior. So like uh, eating, drinking things. So, if you think about um, the way you are enjoying the pain you're being inflicted when you're having sex, if that's what you're into, uh, you can compare it to the way athletes push themselves uh, physically, and they go through this pain uh, on the regular, but it's it's a rewarding uh, kind of pain because you know you get better every time, in theory. Um, another thing that I wanted to mention is that this uh, pain that you get during those uh, kinky moments is mm-hmm. also uh, helping you to bond with your partner. Because um, obviously if you get into that, you have to trust the person you're with to do those things. And so you, you have this different kind of connection with that person. Um, and I think if I think back at some of my experiences, uh, yeah, definitely. It's like it's not something you would do with everybody, and it's you really need to to trust and to feel that the person is respecting you and you're respecting them to let go in the moment. Um, so that's a little thing. Also, I wanted to I wanted to say that some people have a side effect from the BDSM which is called the sub drop. I don't know, did you read about that?
1: Yeah, 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 go on. I'm enjoying it, I'll just fill up, fill up. And yeah, you're the psychologist, yeah, come on, come on. Yeah. This girl, she knows. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, so I read about the the side effect, which is this feeling uh, of the loss of the peak experience. So usually a few days after you get this down moment, it's a bit like coming off the drugs, you know, and it's like, oh, It's so boring now when I was having so much fun the other day in bed. So you have a hormonal change and kind of like a mini depression. For some people, I'm sure it fluctuates people person to person. Um, And so if you want to cope with this, it's good that you talk to your partner that you're having other sex with. Um, So you have good communication and you feel okay. Um, Do you want to add some things here?
1: yeah yeah yeah. Uh, uh, I, I just wanted to say, in addition to what you said, so there a bit apart from the psychological aspect, there's also the as- aspect of um, uh, the physiological aspect. So basically, uh, it, it just says that um, the part of the brain that is responsible for uh, rewards and motivation system is the same part of the brain that is responsible for pain. Um, for example, warning sing- signal, uh, uh, that's according to the evolutionary theory, whether for humans and for animals. For example, if you see there's a hot fire, your brain alerts immediately before you touch the fire that this is hot, so you try to warn you against danger for you to um, avoid tra- that threat. So the same part of the brain th- that activates these neurotransmitters. Neurotransmitters are basically... Um, chemical messengers that transmit message from one part of your brain to tell you it's time to sleep, it's time to fuck, it's time (laughs) to eat, those kind of stuff. And then there's there's pain, this is fire, this is dangerous, move away. So the part of the brain that um, controls that is uh, the same part that controls sex and motivation and even drinking, including eating, drinking, and stuff like that. So it's a reward or motivation-driven driven, driven system. So it knows that if I put my hand in this fire, I'm gonna get burned. So you don't do that. But if you know, that, okay, I'm gonna be with this person or fuck this, oh, sorry, excuse my language. Yeah, have sex with this person or make love with this person or go to this extreme with this person. And surprisingly, you find pleasure from that you want to do it again. So it is basically the dopamine and the opioid the system in the brain. As you can hear it, opioid. Like it gives you this high and thrill. It could be positive, it could be negative. So indirectly, if you are with someone you trust sexually and he wants to try to with you and everything. So because of the safety net you already built around this person and you tend to just delve into the situation without even thinking twice. And eventually, um, from some of the research that have been um, done on people that are into BDSM core, a lot of reports on, on that shows that people become bonded. BDSM, in fact, makes you closer to your partner and stuff like that. So but then there's this culture of shame, there's this uh, culture of mystery, uh, this culture of stigma, this culture of unwanted attention. I remember the first time I was, I was with a guy in Norwegian, and he 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 was one of the first person I dated here in Norway. He looks very, like, nerdy to the core, uh, wearing glasses, looking lanky. The first time we even had a, 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 a party together in my uh, place, in, in a friend's place we met. He couldn't even look me in the eye. I was sitting him I said, come on, there's a beautiful girl here. You can't even have a conversation with me. And it got to open up. Eventually, one or two times we were together. And he was trying to tell me he was into kinky. But he kept telling me that uh, he's going to tie my eyes. He's going to uh, blind me with scarves and everything. He kept repeating it. So I think he was testing to see my reaction first. I'm like, you keep telling me you want to tie my eyes with scarves. Are you into kinky? And he's just... She basically said, yeah, i was like, okay. And then when I got to his place, Sabrina, you won't believe he has a whole wardrobe of all kinds of kinky from butt plug to weep, to, to all kinds of, uncuff uh, 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 and everything. I said, oh my God. So I would say this guy on the road, like, oh my God, all he does is computer games and write books and do stuff nerd. But he has another part of his sexuality that he couldn't even bring to talk because then you can reconcile everything. Uh, he doesn't look like the typically hot muzzle six-pack kind of a guy that is very confident so i, I believe that's one of the reasons why here is very people are shy because they, they're afraid will get george in my opinion and it's not even the first person that does that that i've seen uh, generally but but then they feel uh, because of the stigma and everything people hide this part of them it, 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 as if you're not like having vaginose, vag- vaginose, or oh, and then uh, injuries or infection in your vagina or your penis or testicles of vulva, then having some kind of pain during sex is not really, it's not a bad thing. It's not something you should be ashamed of. But then there's always a the cold word: It should be explicitly mutually consenting. And so you you know that for you to experience those sensations. and then another reason that I was given why people um, want to feel pain during sex or enjoy pain like BDSM and stuff like that, uh, they see it as an answer. You've had like you've had a boring kind of sexual life. You want to spice up your relationship. Let, let's do rope. Let's let's try something. Some of the things we've seen in porn and in movies. So people just do that. So there are two spectrum of um, people that are into pain and pleasure or BDSM, there are those that are into it full-time or extreme, like we saw in the story of all, and there are those that just do it more as an escape. Okay, I'm really going through a lot of stress and everything. I need something to escape, something to just blind me off and everything. But then, like you said, there's the other uh, flip side of it. So BDSM can have other, uh, how do I put it? There's also the disadvantages of it. Uh, which people don't really, which I think, which most people get to see often, uh, you know, because of the hormonal uh, imbalance or changes. You said um, it could be other, other line factor. Why? Because it's like, it's like an opiate you get high from it and everything. And after a while, it's not there anymore. So, uh, according to those research conclusion, is that your brain wants to repeat that action again, so you get rewarded for that pleasure you feel for having such kind of uh, kinky sex or whatever (laughs) people call it. Kinky, BDSM and stuff like that. Sabrina, have you been into any for real? Like the kinky thing full-time or you're just a passerby with kinky? Uh, I'm
0: not into that. Uh, That's not my thing. But um, I've met people that were into that. And then sometimes you just, you know, I mean... If you have a comfortable sexuality, you can be like, yeah, I can try this and that, and but uh, that's when you realize, nah, it's not for me. Like mm-hmm. you know, being strangled to the point where you can't breathe. Um, yeah, it's just being fucked so hard that you know you can't fucking move. It's not. It's not nice. It's really not nice. Uh, and also, I mean, personally, I really can't deal with pain. Oh. Um, I, I pain is like a a complete turn off in in my brain it just it doesn't work so um no that's not how you're going to get me but um yeah you can you can try some stuff you can at least you know and then i think when you try then you can say okay no that's not why I'm, I'm into if i pick a boy next time i'll pick somebody that um <laughs> doesn't want to put stuff in my ass or something you know <laughs>
1: just... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, but but then but then the take home I want I want to bring out here is BDSM shouldn't be it shouldn't be stigmatized. So if you're into it, but be bold enough to open up. I think the key here in any kind of relationships is openness and communication and getting consent, regardless of the kind of um, um, sexual orientation your partner is into. You might, like you might not be into into it, like. I never believed that I would ever want to experiment with that. But then when I had a partner who was into that, like the other guy I told you of, so I wanted to really see how it is. And if it's really a bad thing, you wouldn't believe it. I was so into it. I was thrilled. And I was was like, can you like uncuff me? I just want to. So surprisingly, I got my awakening that, oh my God, I could be into kinky, but not full-time blown like the airstream in the story of all. No, but more like a simply uh once in a while thing if my partner is into it i want to try once in a while but then consent and communication and so we should look at the, other, the 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 good side of kinky it's not it's not bad these people are normal because before before going through this research with you and everything i think i had this bias also that people that are into it are like extremists they have borderline issues no it's just part of your normal brain processes with the dopamine and the opioid system. The reward uh, is the part of your brain that controls pain, that also comes, controls sex and everything. So it's, it's, it, it, it really makes a lot of sense that people w- we enjoy pain from sex but then this is their own sexual orientation this is their sexuality this is their sexual identity so if you're with someone is not doing this or you have a friend or you're in a social garden people are talking about this don't give them the looks like oh my god that is so is a pervert or whatever no it, 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 it has a lot of benefits psychologically it brings you closer to your partner it makes you want to escape stuff and everything whatever works for you but communication consent and set, setting boundaries even at the time, you, I'll get to the point where I, can, I don't think I can do this. I don't want to do this. And my partner always, my current partner always checks with me a lot, all the time. Are you okay with this? What do you think about it? He wants to try something. I said, okay, let, let, let's try it. And then afterward, he wants to give feedback. Are you okay with this? Would you like to do it again? And sometimes I say no. Sometimes I say yeah. You know, Whatever you're comfortable with, get explicit consent in, in case your partner, you have two different sexual orientations.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, you need to be into it. You need to trust your partner.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, can can I place the sexually repressed subject here? Yes, 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 absolutely. What what, what is it about? Let me. Uh, yeah. Um, so when I was reading about the BDSM and all uh, the um, sexual awakening, I read also I saw a lot of uh, sexual repression uh, terms coming up, and I wanted to just talk a little bit about it to explain what what it is. Um, so maybe some people are uncomfortable talking about sex or hearing about other people's sex story. Maybe you feel ashamed when sex is suddenly a topic in your life. Um, And so that can come from your childhood where everything starts and lingers for the rest of your life. So uh, maybe you've been told that uh, masturbating was bad. Maybe you've been told that sex was sinful. Maybe you've been told that it was just for marriage. Um, and, so, and so this brought up this repression, this sexual repression. And I want to uh, explain that it's different from frustration. Um, it's not that you want to have sex and you can't have sex. It's more that you have those feelings boiling inside of you that you don't know how to express them. You don't know how to express your urges. and you might not even notice that you are repressed. You might just be living with this uh, low sex drive. Um, And so this uh, repression can be taught to you by your parents, your caregivers, or it can just be observed. You don't need somebody to tell you, no, don't do this, it's bad, don't touch yourself. You can just have seen um, poor example of relationship uh, dynamic. You might have experienced some sexual trauma like rape and abuse, Mm -hmm. um, which, I mean, clearly is traumatic for um, the rest of your life, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, And you might also have had misinformation. I mean, there is so much going on on the Internet. There is so much being said by your friends, people Mm -hmm. around you, and half of it is complete bull crap. So then you believe those things and you just don't know how to act. Uh, another reason why you might be sexually repressed uh, is once again, back to the stereotype. Um, girls who have too much sex are sluts. Um, boys are, mm, tend to see them as entitled. Maybe some of them, they'll think, you know, I'm a boy, I can have sex. Uh, comes the issue of consent in this or your sexual orientation is a bit more complicated. Maybe your family is not supportive of you wanting to change sex or being trans or being gay or whatever. Mm -hmm. Then, Of course, you're gonna repress your sexuality. Uh, So that's the base. And then for the symptoms, if you ever notice that you suffer from that, uh, you might have a lack of sexual attraction, disinterest in sex, Um, limited experience Uh, and also I just want to remind people that there is a difference here uh, between this lack of um, interest in sex and people who want to wait for instance to have sex when they get married which is different it's a choice or people who enjoy one type of position you know if you just want to do missionary and you're happy with it that's fine so if it's your choice and you feel good about it that's good but when you are in this repression uh it's the feelings of shame of guilt of Mm -hmm. unworthiness of negative self-talk physiologically you have body tension insomnia orgasm difficulty premature ejaculation pain during sex you feel a lot of fear towards sex you have a negative attitude towards other people who might be bringing up their sex life, you know, uh, in regular talks, uh, l- lack of interest in sex, the and inability also when you are in a relationship to ask what you want and confuse boundaries with consent in relating to consent. So if you feel that this is happening to you, uh, just kind of be aware, be mindful, Try to, uh, one thing you can do, read about sex positivity, read about sex in on the internet papers, watch some porn. You don't need to be an addict. Just, you know, have a, be comfortable with the idea. Uh, also look at yourself and look at your own body. I think it's not very often that we really look at ourselves, even like as girls, you know, looking at, at how our vagina is made, like, what is going on down there? It's in between our legs. It's hidden. Grab a mirror. It's okay. Just have a look. It's it's okay to be uncomfortable at looking at yourself to make yourself more comfortable afterwards. um Talk to your partner. Um, promote healthy ideas and find a sex therapist if it's really that bad. Find a sex therapist that you can talk to and and or a therapist to explore those ideas that you. You have in your head about you know about sex that it's not a bad it's not bad to have sex 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 is fine and it's it's not bad to touch yourself it's not bad to do this and that it's just things that have been put in your head at some points. so i thought i would just bring that up because it was an important um uh, subject that might make some people think a little
1: yeah thank you that makes a whole lot of sense the sexual repression thing and Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you, you, you made it all make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, So you you should be free to explore your sexual orientation. This, 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 in fact, the the bottom line is your sexuality is your business. Yes. You might grow up in a culture or whatever. You've been raped. Like the things uh, you mentioned could make you um, sexually repressed. It, it, It just made me realize that, oh my God, that was me at one time my life. So it's where the sexual awakening comes in. Mm-hmm. And it's very important for, so for you to have someone that you can, that you are comfortable with, someone that you can trust. Uh, the other day I was talking to my flatmate that uh, before I met this, my current boyfriend, all the guys I've been with, they tell me, they practically body shame me. If I mention some suggestion or I want to take the initiative, I want to be like uh, the dominant partner now, it's in the man. They be like, uh, they, they just look at me the other way. I remember one time, my ex asked me if I was a lesbian. Why? Because I enjoyed uh, this uh, oral sex more often than penetrative sex. And he was like, were you being touched while you were in secondary school and stuff like that? So all this kind of thing make you just surprised if you see a new partner. It's, okay. I don't want to overdo or t- uh, t- uh, express how I, what I really want because then it's going to label me a lesbian. That really got me devastated for a while that my it's like a culturally shameful thing for you to be labeled a legend. i'm not i just want something different but then coming to europe i've met other people like that who were not really i wasn't comfortable with i couldn't even look at my own vagina and stuff like that on my body but my boyfriend keeps telling me joyce you're looking hot you have a hot body he kept saying it to me over and over that i have to believe you one day i look myself in the mirror when i finished shaving i'm like damn joyce you're hot and then I took photos of my bikini and everything. I was like, I said, you should go for a bikini, a bikini competition. So nowadays he might be in his home uh, um, office and everything. I want to get his attention. The old days, not, I'll just walk around naked. Boom, like, you so like, Joyce. <laughs> <Yeah, so, laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> yeah, I wouldn't dream of ever walking naked in front of my boyfriend. He, 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 So it boils down to being with someone you trust, someone that makes you comfortable. To be yourself whatever it is you want to be you know it's very important yeah
0: it's very important just uh, and, and it takes time you know if you if you suffer from uh, some
1: repression and yeah the, the thing is sexual repression doesn't really have to be it, being raped is really worse than for you to but but i'm just imagining how progressively my own a lot of religion religion religious aspects was involved and then the cultural aspect and stuff like that But all of a sudden, I saw this powerful, sexually powerful woman when I look at the mirror. And that's because I was with someone with a different sexual orientation that was very communicative and wanted me to be comfortable. He talked to me over and over that I believed that I'm beautiful. I can be sexually expressive and do whatever the fuck I want without being labeled a lesbian or whatever. If I'm a lesbian, it's fine, but you shouldn't judge me by... I think it's the reason why people are generally conservative about sex, talking about sex culturally, even in Norway. Hmm. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I got nothing to add to this. What about you? I think we are, we've exhausted everything. It was really nice. I, you know, interestingly, I was thinking it's going to be, I'm going to talk about it all smooth and true and be this bold about it. But you mentioning the sexual repression thing it just made me realize oh, shit, I was like that once upon a time. But I'm really proud of myself that now I can talk about it. And be very comfortable on the radio, on the radio station without fearing somebody's gonna hear and judge me. This is who I am. Duh. Okay. Then let's stop here. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, thank you so much, Joyce, for sharing this subject with us. That's not good.
1: You're welcome, and thank you for doing this with me, the French, powerful, sexy, hot Sabrina, just so you know, that.
0: <laughs> okay, right. thank
1: you for listening.
0: All right, take care.